0: Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark King. For this show, what a weekend for the Grizzlies. Jaren scored 46 in a game, Jai rested, but came back and played. Brandon Clark was awesome. They got one win out of two, which is not bad, the win I thought they would get. We'll talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Pull up jump shot. It's Zach does it again. Three-point game. They've got to go for three now. No choice. Conley for three. Nice First team, all defense. First team, all defense. Here's Gasol from outside. Good, a three. Yes, yes, Randolph with six-tenths of a second. Locks oh for me. Yes, 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 Yes. a count, yes. Tremendous God. defense. Wow. The relentless Tony Allen. Shot clock at four, Randolph puts it. Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the show. Like I said, the Grizzlies had a what, man, they had a what weekend. It was a crazy, crazy weekend of games for this team. I myself was in the mountains with my wife. We were celebrating our 11th anniversary, uh, 14 years together, so uh, we got away from our three kids so i didn't get to watch the games live i did go back and watch them this morning uh watch the wizards actually i watched the bucks game last night and the wizards game this morning uh, nonetheless i was still keeping up with it while i was away uh, and, and man they had they had so much so much fun just watching this team play and 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 if you're not if you know if you don't know that John Moran is this the lifeblood of this team when he plays and, and just how funny is to watch you had in Jaron Jackson Jr. back in there and Dylan Brooks when he's hot. I mean, it is a fun, fun team to watch. And I honestly probably could not have expected this, this turnaround this quickly. You know, it obviously has a lot of luck to do with it, you getting the second pick and getting John Moran. But also, a lot of skill involved in, in selecting Brandon Clark. A lot of guys passed on him. We'll talk about that a little bit in this show as well. Lot of, but a lot of teams passed on him. So there, there's some definitely some skill involved uh, in drafting for sure for this front office and they made a just a fantastic pick in brenda clark and uh, you can't say enough good things about the guy uh, on today's show we will talk about both games we're going to get into the weekend roundup uh, we'll do the bucks game in the first segment we'll do the wizards game in the second segment and in the final segment of this show today like we do every single monday we'll do our monday Mub. i got quite a few questions today so we'll probably leave a lot of time for that segment It'll probably be a little longer than normal but that'll be in the last segment of this show today. If you're not already subscribed to the uh, podcast, make sure you go and do so. And whatever podcast platform you choose, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast. If you're in Apple iTunes, make sure you go leave a review. Rate the show. It really helps us in uh, those Apple iTunes rankings. Let's go to it. Let's talk about the Bucks-Grizzlies game first and what a game it was for Jaron Jackson Jr. First of all, I don't, I don't like the idea of resting John Morant. I, I understand it. Um, I get it. I just wish he would have rested in a way game. Um, I know that I've had a lot of people just, you know, reach out, just uh comment and you know, you you know, the Grizzlies, he's the most exciting player. I mean, he really is. He's he's the most exciting player on this team. When he's not playing, um, they're just not as fun to watch. It, it just it's the truth. Uh there are other players. Yes, Jaron Jackson Jr. is also exciting. I'm not saying that. That is not what I'm saying at all. I love Jaron. Uh but John Morant's just he just the, the way he plays is just so much fun. And so it sucks when you have to see him rest. Although I get it, he just came back from back spasms. Uh, there was this like three out of three games in four nights or something like that. Something out of back to back. So you know they're gonna rest him one game. Obviously, I would have probably just preferred uh, him to rest on the uh, the uh, away team, away game, and come back and play the back to back. But I get what they're doing. I understand it. They're resting their rookies and their uh, their franchise products on a back-to-back and a game against the Bucks, who uh, were just, they, they were never going to win this game. I mean, really and truthfully, uh, and without a huge, huge, huge night from Jaron Jackson Jr., they're not really even in it. And, you know, the, the Bucks are like the best team, one of the best teams in the league. So there's no shame in that. There's just, the Grizzlies just aren't there yet. However... Uh, you get that production from Jaron and you put John ja in there. Maybe that's a different story, but maybe if Ja's in there, you don't get that production from Jaron. So it's kind of like a uh, catch-22 there. Uh, but just, again, an amazing, amazing night from Jaron Jackson Jr. 43 points. Oh, um, my gosh. 9 for 15 from 3. Set a franchise record. Uh, I think what's 26 of those points came in the third quarter or something like that. I mean, just – or 23. At least a lot of points. I mean, just insane. Uh, just a career night for Jaron Jackson Jr. Happy to see it. I love to see him – uh, be able to go out there and do that especially when John Moran is not out there he can really be the focal point of this offense and he was I mean he, he without him obviously they have no chance in that game uh, took 21 shots and I love that again you know I'm a big proponent of how many shots and the shot distribution on this team and what you know who does what um, and him taking 21 shots when John Moran's not playing uh, Brandon Clark's out of the game as well that is what you need from Brandon or that is what you need from Jaron Jackson Jr. end of story he needs to be the guy taking every single shot took 15 Three, and I'm okay with that. And the three pointer has really become a weapon for him this year. At first, I thought it was just something that he was just—it was kind of a you know something he could probably mix in. But I think the three point ball has become a legitimate weapon for Jaron Jackson Jr. And I think it has to be uh, in this day in the NBA in this in this age of is that's a position he's going to play as a in a four or five in this in this league, and he has to be able to shoot the ball effective from a long range to be able to be really really elite in this league. And I think he's, so far, this league... Excuse me. This year, he's done that really, really well. Obviously, this this was a career night for him from three. But I just, you know, not even like not even from the on the Bucks game. Just in general, most nights uh, he has really done a good job uh, shooting the ball from three. And he's he's I think he might be the best three point shooter on the team right now, which is which is kind of crazy to say. But you know, between him and Dylan Brooks, those are the two best three point shooters. And I I it's probably a safe bet that Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best three point shooter. Uh, which is again crazy. But, you know, shout out to him for really going out and working on that part of his game in the summer this year. Uh, other other players to note, uh, there wasn't too much else, honestly. I thought Dylan Brooks had a pretty good game, 6-for-17. It's one of those games where, you know, there were some shots I thought were out of rhythm, and again, that's the thing, I think that's the part that Dylan Brooks struggles with is, is knowing when to kind of pick your shots, uh, knowing when to be there, when you know when to pull back. Uh, I thought he kind of struggled with that in this game, but still he scored 19 points. He's the only wing on the on the basketball court that could score, like really and truly, score effectively. So he's gonna take a lot of shots, and sometimes it's not gonna be incredibly efficient. And that's kind of where where you are with Dylan Brooks. Now, that's why I probably. I mean, the camp of Dylan Brooks is more likely than a, not a role player on a really good team, and I don't think he's a starter on a really good team. But uh, but again, you know, I thought he was an okay night from him. I thought Jonas Valanciunas really struggled. Um, you know, I think they've they, they've really—I'm not—again, this goes back to I'm not sure Jaron and J- Jonas can play together. I just don't know if they can, um, really and truthfully. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson, is just shooting the ball better from outside— it helps that case because Jonas is an inside guy. He can't play outside at all. You take him outside the paint and he's really, is un, you know, is not effective at all. Uh, but I just don't know if they can, you know, long-term will be those guys that can play really, really well together. Uh, Jay Crowder obviously played pretty good. He was three for 11, uh, not incredibly efficient either. Uh, again, the only t- the only player outside of this game that was, this, you know, Jaron Jackson here was the story. That's it. 43 points. He was a story for this team. Um, and had a huge, huge night. Beyond that, you know the Bucks are really good. It took a it took a game from Giannis Antetokounmpo to come back and win that, to you know, put that game away from the Bucks. That's just what it was. It took a game from him, their star player, to put that game away for the Bucks and, and secure a win. So um, beyond beyond Jaren Jackson Jr., I'm not sure there's a lot to talk about. The, the Bucks are really good. That's just what it is. I never expected to win that game, but uh it was still a fun and entertaining game nonetheless and that's really all you can ask for with this grizzlies team so we've been talking about all year it should be fun they might lose a lot but at least it'll be fun watching it while they're losing uh let's take a quick break we'll be right back we will talk about these uh wizards grizzlies game coming up in the next segment the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com Locked On and using promo code Locked On MBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at slash offers. Welcome back to the show. The Grizzlies did get a win over the Wizards the, on Saturday night, their second night of the back to back. The Wizards are a bad basketball team. Like, let's be real honest. They are terrible at basketball. Like they're they're I think they're probably worse than the Grizzlies. It's a bunch of guys who aren't good at basketball, and then Bradley Bill. That's what this team is right now. And it's unfortunate for Bradley Bill. I hate that he's in that situation. He's such a good player. Uh he's one of my one of my favorite players to watch play. Uh, and that's unfortunate that he's in that situation, but they're just, they're a bad basketball team. Just not a lot of good things that you can say about this team. And it's a game that I thought the Grizzlies should win. It's a game that I thought they should be competitive in, and they go out and get the W against uh, a team who's just worse than them. And so uh, it was, you know, battle of two bad basketball teams at the end of the day, uh, you know, that don't have quite all the pieces just yet. However, I think the Grizzlies are much, much further along. Right now, than the Wizards are at this point, uh, so that that is huge, huge for the Grizzlies. I mean, they they had John Morant back, Brandon Clark back, their full complement of players back on this game, and Brandon Clark again, it's been a story of the three kind of franchise cornerstones over the last. Few games for this Grizzlies team. John Rant went out and had a huge dunk, uh, had a huge game in the fourth quarter. Uh, then, then uh, Jaren Jackson has forty-six or 40, forty over forty points against the Bucks, and then Brendan Clark comes back and has a career game himself, uh, twenty-five points uh, against the Wizards. He still continues to be the, the most. I think he is the most efficient rookie in the NBA, NBA right now. He might be the most one of the most efficient players in the NBA right now, 11 for 14 with four rebounds. I mean, just plus he's a place at team, 25 points. I mean, that's, he has 24 minutes. He's 11 for 14 and he has 25 points in 24 minutes. I mean, that, if that's not efficient, I don't know what is. I mean, that, that is so, so efficient and so good from Brennan Clark. And he plays like a guy that, has always been in this league. He plays like a, a veteran. I mean, he's an older rookie, so that helps, but he plays like a guy that's been in this league for a long, long time, and just knows his role, knows what he's supposed to do, doesn't go out of his, you know, doesn't try to do too much, doesn't try to go out of his way to, you know, inhibit the offense, just does what he is asked to do on the court. He rebounds the ball, scores when he's supposed to. Just, he's just so good, and and he's so athletic. And he ducked on Amy Hamey's head, and it was awesome. It was the most fantastic dunk um, I've ever seen. And actually, Peter Adamson, friend of the show, tweeted this, that uh, it, was a, it was a clip from the broadcast where uh, it was a look from that dunk, and uh, the, the the bench crew didn't even jump up. Then his, his tweet was uh, – they're so used to doing it that they don't even, you know, it's kind of like not surprising to them anymore. This, they're so they're used to sewing these ducks, so I thought that was funny and and Frank, quite frankly cool that uh, they've gotten so used to it. But again, I thought Dylan Brooks was really good. Twenty seven points, ten for seventeen. Again, like I mentioned in the first segment, this is one of the things where. You just you gotta you're gonna live with Dylan Brooks you know when he scores this many points he's the only real wing on the score on the on this on this bench or in this uh, starter and starting unit that can really score the basketball it like you know really kind of anytime he wants to get it um, he's kind of the only playmaking wing they have and so you just kind of live with what you have right now I mean those those times will come when maybe you get a different scorer that can uh, do something uh, other than what Dylan Brooks can do. And so right now you have to just live with what you have in Dylan Brooks. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. Ten for seventeen, two for seven for three, twenty seven points. But again, that's what you want from you know, you want him to score the basketball. You want him to go and shoot you wanna go on him and shoot. Um, I would rather, you know, personally, you know, I would rather see John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Take a lot of those shots. JL Morant only had 11 shots. Jaron Jackson only, only 10 points. Um, but again, you know, when the guy's feeling it, you understand that you got to just kind of let them go. And so that's what happens. And, and, and I would rather, uh, I would, at the end of the day, I would much rather see those shot distribution in different categories, but the, sometimes those games just happen and you live with it. Uh, again, Jaron Jackson Jr. Shot the ball again, really well from three. He only shot four. But he shot. He was two from four from three. 16 points for him. Four rebounds. I thought it was a really, really good game for him as well. Jonas Valanciunas had a good game. He was only three for six, six points, but he had 12 rebounds, and that's huge for the Grizzlies. Five offensive rebounds, and that's huge for the Grizzlies. Uh, that's what you want Jonas to do. You don't really. I mean, you need him to score, but that that's not with with John Moran and the, with the ball in his hands so much. Now you have Dylan Brooks and Jaren. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that could score the basketball. Jonas Valanciunas needs to rebound the basketball effectively, especially on the offensive end, get them second chance points and score when he's to score I'm not sure he's a guy that you're going to go start setting up your offense for like they tried to do earlier in the year and I think they tried to do that at a detriment to Jaron Jackson Jr. and now it's kind of moving away from that and they're trying to feed just Jaron more and to the detriment of Jonas Valanciunas but I think that's the better way to go Jaron Jackson Jr. is your franchise Jonas Valanciunas is a stopgap will only be here for a few years so I think it's much better to see the way they're trending now than they were at the beginning of the year because Jaron Jackson Jr. should be the focal point on the offense between those two big guys, and that's what you really, really want to see. As we said all along, this offense is predicated on shooting the ball. You know, making shots, playing up tempo, uh, playing in the paint. I think they shot their career had a career or season high seventy points in the paint for the Grizzlies this, in this game, which is huge. Like they're, they're the the number one team points in the paint every single game and that's their that is their game. Shooting shooting threes from the outside, playing fast, getting fast break points. That is what they're that is what they are trying to do. 22 point, 22 fast break points for them, which is really really good and uh, they shot 11 threes also really good. They they shot 40% from three. When the, the Grizzlies do this, when they shoot well from three, when they're up in tempo scoring the basketball, they usually most of the time this year have had a really really good chance to win those games. So that's what you like to see. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be right back. We'll talk about our Monday mailbag segment like we do every single Monday at the end of the show. Welcome back to the show. And we do our Monday mailbag in this segment of the show like we do every single week. Make sure you get those questions in. That's where we'll answer them all throughout the week. So if you have a question, just shoot me a DM on Twitter uh at king underscore producers my personal handle at, handle at locked on grizz is the show handle i run both of those so you can dm me on either one of those accounts so if you have a question just uh randomly in the middle of the week and you want to get answered send it in and i'll save it for the uh this show this segment right here and we'll answer it then so before we uh, get too far into it we got a lot of questions so let's go and uh, get get right into it uh at vc 43 on twitter ask what is your favorite reasonable potential trade we made before the deadline um, I don't want to get into this too much. We're going to have a, a different show about this uh, coming up this week. A dis- potential trade that we idea trade ideas that we have for Andrew Gadala, some other trades. I will say this though, the the most likely potential trade person, I think the most value have is Jay Crowder, um, and and I would do, and I would say that's your probably your most potential favorite person to move just because the money is good. I think it's a solid player. Um, they also have Andre Godala as well. I think there's a lot of people that could trade for Andre Godala right now, but making the mechanics of that trade work is also difficult for his salary and such. Um, I would like to see them, the trade I would like to see them make the most this season is a trade for someone like Malik Beasley. It doesn't have to be Malik Beasley, Beasley, but someone like him that is potentially a restrictive free agent coming up this off season And I want the Grizzlies to go out and make that deal now. I want them to go out and go ahead and get what they can get now. Because if you have someone like, let's just take Malik Beasley, for example. Someone who is clearly not in the rotation. Uh, They have Jamal Murray over there. Someone who is a good player, but just not had probably maybe not has long-term plans, or even if they do have long-term plans with a with a franchise, but that franchise may not be, have the money to pay them in the offseason, this is the time the Grizzlies need to go out and make that move right now during this season to go out and get that wing, that younger guard, that they can p- potentially pay in the offseason. Other teams might have the money might not have the money and if they know that going into the offseason they're going to want to move that person to get something for their player instead of lose them for nothing. So if you go and say hey alright Malibu we'll give you Andre Godala and you know maybe in a first like we'll give you we'll give up stuff for this young player and knowing them Denver knowing they cannot pay this person or they do not want to pay this person who is going to command a larger salary in the offseason will probably make that deal and you can probably secure an asset when you know now you're in the now you're in the driver's seat when it comes to research free agency, and you can match whatever it is that those people have the offers out there, and you don't have to worry about maybe making an offer and then someone else matches things like that. So that's a type of deal I'd like to see them to see them do. I haven't really looked in all the deals and who that might be. I'm just going to Malik Beasley out there because that's a guy that everybody really talks about in this city. So someone like that, they can go out and get now that maybe team's not going to want to pay in the, in the future, uh, in the next off season. Uh, this question comes from at God 23 on, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Grizzly affiliate is the name on Twitter thoughts. Jaron being a full-time four IE Tim Duncan. Should we trade for a rim running switchable five? I think that you already have that on the roster. <laughs> I think that Jaron is probably a full-time five in this league and your rim running switchable four is Brandon Clark. And I think that's the long-term option for this team. I don't think Jonas is in the long-term picture, obviously. So if you have Jaren as a five, I'm not sure. And I think Jaren can play both positions. But I also think he's getting to that that level where he can play the five and your switchable four who can actually kind of size down and probably guard three sometimes is Brandon Clark. And I think he's the key to that and not necessarily going out and getting a switchable five that you already, what you already have on the roster is probably what you should go to or go with long-term. Uh, next question comes from, uh, Dustin star, uh, long term, long, long friend of the show. Who would I rather have my, as my tag team partner, Zebo or Jay Crowder? That is a, uh, that's an easy answer. Dustin, it is Zebo. Uh, wouldn't, it, that's just, that's easy. Um, I will say Jay Crowder is Swole though, but Zeebo, Zebo doesn't fight fair. So. And that's what I need in a tag team partner. Is I need someone who's not going to fight fair, who's going to go out of his way to uh, uh, possibly shank someone on the side if I need him to. So uh, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all, all in on Zebo as my tag team partner. Uh, next question comes from Morgan Spencer at Minor Profit Nine. How long until the Grizz start? How long until the Grizz start Jaron and Brandon Clark together? Then maybe trade for or bring Jonas off the bench. Um, I don't know it. If, if I I don't know if. It's going to happen soon. Um, and I think this is more about I think this is more about Brendan or excuse me, I think this is more about Jonas Valentus. Excuse me. Let me say that again. I think this is more about Jaron Jackson Jr. being able to guard fives as a starting as on the starting unit than it is about anything else. And so I think once you see that ability to be able to guard those fives, because there are a lot of bigs out there who are just big. I mean, who are are, are mainly Burley and, burly and huge and, and strong and they can they can still overwhelm jaron jackson jr so i think until you're able to see jaron jackson jr effectively guard those other fives in the starting unit it won't it, it'll stay like it is and that might come at the end of the year that might come you know another month that might come that might not even come at all this year and so until they're able to do that, and I don't think it's about Brandon Clark. I don't think it's about Jonas Valanciunas. I think it is about Jaron and what he's able to do defensively against other centers in this league. I don't think even I don't even think it's about what Jaron can do offensively against other centers in this league. And that's really what it boils down to. Whenever they're able to, to maybe try some of those type of things, and he's able to you know really uh, stay in his ground, stay out of foul trouble, uh, play you know smart, and that's Jaron's biggest thing in foul trouble is he just doesn't. He, he it's it's a mental thing. It's not even you know. It's just sometimes he's late. He doesn't get to the right spot where he needs to get to. All those things that just they come with a young player, and they will they will they will overcome that in time. And that's really what it boils down to before they can start uh, Jaron and and Brandon Clark together, and then possibly bring Jonas Valanciunas off the bench is what I would probably consider. Um, you know, or possibly trade him. You know, he's a guy that the money's not terribly bad. He can still move him. He still has he still has value in this league. Uh, but I would think they would probably just pull him off the bench for now and see what we can do. Especially if you pulling... Jonas off the bench going against backup bigs he could really dominate a lot of those guys in those matchups so it's something to consider but i think it's about jaron jackson jr first and what he's able to do this comes this next question comes from vince roscoe at half and half 19 long time listener appreciated vince uh would you rather have 10 jaron post-ups or 10 jaron iso face-ups from range oh man i would probably have i would rather have 10 face-ups um jaron is a is a very very good face up iso player much m- much better than he's given credit for to be honest with you um and i think he can get to the rim his he's, his arms are so long i think he can really get to the rim on a lot of guys that uh you know he's probably um uh, would be better off driving around them than than posting up it also depends on with the defender you didn't give me the defender so i'm assuming it's just like uh ideal like normal defender for, you know four uh but you know, if I had to choose, I would take uh, ten ISOs, and I think he scores on six or seven of those ISOs. Um, but I think he's got, you know, he's seen he's, he's seen his range. He's he's pulled up on people before. He's able to, you know, he's added some art, some moves in his arsenal to where to get around people. That spin move he added is really really good. And again, his arms are so long. Once he gets around those guys, you see even a little bit. Um, he can get to the rim really really well and re- quite easily. So give me ten ISOs from Jaren. Last question comes from Michael at LOLUThink think on Twitter. This will be the last question. I had a few more, just I'm not able to get to, get to them. So this will be the last question. His question is what do I think about a trade, and this is the trade between the Grizzlies and the Mavericks. The Grizzlies will be getting Courtney Lee, uh, Isaiah Roby, and two second round picks, and the Mavericks will be getting Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Marco Goodrich. Uh, and he asked if I thought that would be uh, a value. He just kind of what I thought of the trade. And, uh, I'll tell you this, Michael, I think that you're giving too much away, uh, and getting too little. <laughs> I think you could probably complete that deal with your, what you're, what you're doing or the framework of that deal for, uh, Isaiah Ruby and G- uh, Courtney Lee in a second rounder for just Andre Iguodala. Honestly, I think that you could just get that. Um, I think you don't have to give away Marco Goodrich and Jay Crowder when you could probably put those guys in a separate trade. If you want to make a, a bigger trade to put Marco in to get some, you know, make the salary work. Uh, i'm not sure he's a real positive value uh in this league right now uh he's probably a neutral value which is because you don't really know what he is um and a little bit we see him hasn't been awful as i mean he's been on the been, been able to stay on the court at times so uh but is a positive value and so i think you can go out and get more for that particular trade than you're than you're I think you're giving you're selling yourself short. I think Courtney Courtney Lee and Andre Godal you could probably do straight up. Honestly, I think if the um, I don't know Courtney Lee's salary, I think it's right around twelve million. And so you only have to stand to believe thirteen. You only get you only get thirteen million back of Andre Godal's uh, trade value, or excuse me, his contract uh, to make that make the trade work. So financially for the league. So I think you're selling yourself short on that trade. I think that you could probably get more for jay crowder and andre goddala those are your biggest trade assets that you have right now and i think both are valuable assets especially guys who are, are you know andre goddala who's a plus defender drag jay crowder who can who can shoot the ball when he gets hot and, and and he's and he's on um it can be really really good and so i think that that uh, you're giving up too much and getting too little for that particular trade as always, I appreciate the questions today. Again, th- those are all the questions that I was able to get to. If you have more questions and you want to send them in, please continue to do so. I will answer as many of them as I can every single Monday in the last segment of the show. We do it every single week. Uh, you can DM them me on Twitter throughout the week. My my handle is at King underscore producer. The show handle is at LockedOnGrizz. Make sure you do that. I usually put out a tweet on Sunday. So you can just reply to that tweet as well and give me your questions. So do that all throughout the week. We'll do this sh- segment like we do Every single Monday, if you're not already subscribed to the show so you don't miss an episode every single day, make sure you go subscribe in whatever podcast platform you use, whether that's Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, or Apple iTunes. If you're in Apple iTunes, make sure you go leave a review, rate the show. It really helps us in the Apple iTunes rankings. We'll be back tomorrow with our Tuesday show with Amari Sankofa from The Athletic like we do every single Tuesday.